Welcome, and thank you for downloading Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Here at Movement, we are passionate about God's Word and helping each other move closer to God. Thank you for choosing to grow with us today. And now, here's our lead minister, Bobby Wallace. As I've said, we are talking about a new series we're starting today called Built Different. And being built different, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. It's sort of a, a newer um, hashtag that's going around. It's a new saying. People like, especially like athletes and, you know, um, you know, different people with different skills and abilities, maybe workout people, you know, they're like, okay, I'm built different. I'm built different than everybody else. You know, if I'm the best on the court, if I'm the best on the field, it's a way to sort of brag and be like, hey, I'm built different. I'm, I do things differently. Maybe it's because you work harder. Maybe it's because you're natural talent. And there's a lot of, you know, memes and stuff that go around. There's a guy that he did this video he's pretty ripped I'll give him credit he's a lot more ripped than I am but he takes an egg and he puts it right here in the corner of his elbow by his bicep and he's like and busts it and he's like built different he like stares at the camera you know and it's funny once you do something like that the internet is undefeated it is absolutely undefeated and so people have gone around and so like there's a girl who looks like she's maybe 11 or 12 years old she's like and she cracks the egg too. She's like, built different. You know, it's just hilarious. Because sometimes when we claim to be built different, we're not really what? Built different. It's one thing to say it, but it's a whole different thing to actually put in the work. You know, when you're an athlete, for example, you know, there are a lot of really good athletes in this world, but there are a few that are really, truly the epitome of built different. People like, you know, that come to mind some of the best to ever do it. You know, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, all these different ones, they are built different. Sometimes they're built different and they're just physical abilities, but most of them worked harder than everybody else and would not quit no matter what. And that, to me, is one of the key elements of being built different. Now, if you're building something, you have to start. I'm, I'm not a builder. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a contractor. I am not any of those things. But I do know one thing. Like, if you're building with blocks, you know, I've got a little kid that still likes to play with blocks sometimes. And if you're building a pyramid, you don't put the first block down by itself on the bottom, do you? You might be able to balance two blocks on the top of that one block. But after that, you're probably not going to be able to balance any more on top of those two blocks, are you? But if you want to build a pyramid, you start with a what? A wide base. And you put down, like, let's say, nine blocks. And then maybe you put down four blocks. And then you put, you know, two or three and one. And then you can, you can build a pyramid that way. Because you start with a what? A wide, broad, solid foundation. And that's really what I want us to talk about this morning. To be built different, you have to start different. To be built different, you have to start different. If you truly want to be built different. Now, we all know, or I'm going to make sure we all have this connection made. We are not simply talking about building with blocks. We're not talking about being the best on the basketball court, on the football field, or in the gym, or at our business, or whatever it may be. I'm not talking about that kind of built different. I'm talking about the built different that lasts for eternity. That's what we're talking about today. Because everything else can just crumble and fall. And guess what? There will be a time that everything else will crumble and fall. But the only thing that lasts forever is your eternal, immortal soul. 
And so we want our soul and our life to be built different. So to be built different, you have to start different. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, that's where we're going to spend a lot of our time this morning. We're going to have scripture on the screen or you can follow along in your Bible on your phone, Matthew chapter 7. But Jesus, he tells this story. Um, If you grew up in church, especially, you might remember a little song. Y'all remember a song that goes along with this passage of scripture? Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. So that's the first part of the song. You guys remember this song? You know where I'm going with this? The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rains came tumbling down. Y'all don't know this? Oh, man, I'm, I'm changing y'all's life today if you don't know it. All right. So, you know, the rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. And the house on the rock stood firm. All right. So that's what the, the scripture says. All right. Let's look at the next part. There you go. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and was a great was the fall of it. And so then the next part goes, what? All right, if you know it, you got to sing with me, all right? Uh, the foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand, and the rains came tumbling down. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. And the house on the sand went splat. And that's the way we did it. When I, we, had, we called it junior church when I was a kid. You know, you go, you go in junior church and that's what we did. We splat like that, right? But that's what would happen. If you build a house on sand, I mean, it's going to struggle in storms. It's going to struggle when the rains come. And, and that's why insurance is outrageous at the beach. They keep knocking it down. And they keep trying to put stuff back up. But here's the thing. Jesus tells this story and he says, if, let's back up real quick. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And then he goes on and says, people who do not do my, build on my words, who do not take my words and put them into practice and do those, their house, their life is going to what? Splat! Like that. When the rains come and the winds blow. I got a secret. It's going to rain. And the winds are going to blow. I'm preaching to the choir, I know, because you know that the rains are going to fall and the winds are going to blow and the streams are going to rise and you know that storms have been coming and storms are coming and unfortunately we've got to be prepared. So build your life on the rock of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus is saying. If you build it on me, these words of mine, you'll be like a wise person who built their house on the rock. But if you do not do what I say, if you do not follow my words, Jesus says, you will be like someone who builds on sand and your life will crumble and fall. And a lot of us could probably raise our hands and say, been there, done that, right? If we're being real. I've had multiple times... (laughs) That my house has crumbled because I was trying to build on rock, but I was really building on sand. Or I was building on Jesus and another foundation. 
I kind of split my foundation between a couple of things. And, and my life continually would crumble and it would have to be rebuilt. And so the question you've got to answer and I've got to answer is what foundation is your life built on? What foundation or who is your life built on? Because your foundation matters if you want to be built different. Jesus started off this idea with a difference maker there in verse 24, as we've already said a couple of different times. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. All right, let's test ourselves real quick. Did Jesus say everyone then who hears these words of mine is like a person who built their house on the rock? What did I leave out? Hears and does them. Now, that's where the disconnect happens for 90% of us, if not higher. We hear the word. We might hear the word so much that we even know the word and we can even repeat the word or quote the word. But do we do the word? It's like we try to, you know, we, we hear the instructions on how to put a table together, but we don't put any of the bolts or screws in it. And then when we all just stack it up there together and we sit for our first meal and it collapses, we're like, <laughs> but we didn't put the word of the instructions into practice and we get blown away when our life gets blown away, when our table collapses. But we have to do what Jesus said. You hear these words and do them or the one that does them is like someone who builds their house on the rock it sounds like another passage of scripture doesn't it you might be thinking about already james chapter 1 verse 22 says this but don't just listen to god's word you must do what it says otherwise you are fooling yourselves it says in the new living translation it says, don't just listen to God's word, but put it into practice. Do what it says. Otherwise, you're lying to yourself. You're tricking yourself. And I believe that there are a lot of us, me included at times, where I've gone through my life and I've heard God's word. I've known God's word, but I've not put it into practice. And then I get angry at God when my life is a big pile of animal dung. And I get mad at God, but I haven't done what God said. I've only listened to what God said. I've only heard what God said. Are you building your life on the rock that is Jesus and his truth alone? That James passage, I want to pause for a quick second. I want to point out something just to make sure we're all on the same page here. That James passage, you know who wrote that? Of course, James, right? But what James? There's a lot of Jameses in the Bible. That's right. This James was the brother of Jesus. And if you think back to the Gospels, if, if you haven't, trust me, it's in there. And go back and read it. You can find it. I'll make you search a little bit. Google helps. All right. But you go back and you'll see different places in the Gospels when it says that his brothers and his mother even, or his family, did not quite believe in Jesus. They kind of thought he was crazy. And so this person that wrote this passage of scripture in James is the brother of Jesus that at one point did not believe in who Jesus was. So therefore, he was definitely not putting into practice what Jesus was teaching. So do you know what it means? He had something that changed his mind about his brother. And I'm telling you, if you can convince a brother or a sister or a family member that you are the real deal, then you have really done something. 
and you must be the real deal. And so Jesus convinced him, I don't know if it was before, but it was by, by no doubt, definitely at least at the resurrection, James was absolutely sure that Jesus was worthy of putting your trust in. And so when he says what Jesus had said earlier in his ministry, don't just hear my words or his words, do them. Don't you think you and I need to do them? We need to stop lying to ourselves. And so that leads us to this next idea. Build wisely. If you want to be built different. Build wisely. What, what we mean is this. Choose carefully who and how you build on this foundation that Jesus is and his word is. Jesus takes a time to repeat a common theme through chapter 7 here in Matthew. And it says in verse 13 this. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. It goes on, it says, For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And many are, excuse me, leads to life. And those who find it are few. Jesus says that the road to death and destruction is broad and wide and a lot of people enter through those gates but it says the way to life it says that few will find it all right everybody pause for one second stop there is a common idea in our world and in our society that and it may be based on disney all dogs go to heaven you know, I don't know, is that even a Disney movie? I don't know. Anyway, just go, roll with it. All right, but it's based on this idea that everybody gets to go to heaven. You know, I mean, it, it seems so extreme sometimes. You might, somebody might have died setting a church building on fire. They'd be like, oh, well, he's in heaven now. <laughs> and he might be if he knows Jesus. I, don't know. I mean, Jesus can forgive anything. But what I'm saying is that not everybody goes to heaven. Jesus said not everybody's going to find the way to life. And you and I need to be well aware that not everybody, the road to destruction is broad. There's going to be a lot of people just happy on the way. But the road to life is narrow and it says that few find it. The one who opened up the way for us to find it, the one who is the door, who is the way, who is the path said not a lot of people are going to find it. Why am I raving like a lunatic about this? Because the worst thing that can happen to us is that we get lulled into a false sense of security and think that it doesn't matter what we do with Jesus, that we're going to be all right no matter what. But Jesus himself said, not everybody's going to find me. Not everybody who was listening to him at that point is going to find him. And so Jesus says, you need to build wisely. The consequences are eternal. They're eternal. And you need to build wisely because not everybody will find it. They are literally life and death choices that we make about how we're going to build and who we're going to follow. Because unfortunately, people will help you build wrong. And this goes to our next idea. You may build wrong. Every contractor isn't what they promised, are they? You ever get on Facebook groups and stuff in your neighborhood and people looking for contract contractors and you know some people will say well this guy was great and then evidently there's going to be somebody who's going to come along and say well this guy is horrible he took the money but he never showed up you know and everybody that comes you know I might advertise myself as a great contractor but I'm going to build your house and it's going to crumble when a bug passes gas I mean that's I'm sorry that's a little crude but anyway 
But that's the truth. I am not licensed to be a contractor. I don't have the skills. And there are a lot of people that are going to help you build your life that are not really truly licensed to be able to teach you what you need to teach. Some of them are doing it. It says here, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's stop. Jesus goes in verse 15. He says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Jesus is very intolerant. He's saying, make sure who you're following is truthful. I'll say it again, even though I've said it very recently, because I don't want you to ever forget. You don't simply take my word for it. You don't simply take anybody's word for it. You study the Bible. Yes, you need people to help you grow and and move forward in Jesus. But do not just take somebody's word for it and neglect the Bible. You dig into the Bible to make sure that what people teach is true. In Jesus, he says that false teachers or false prophets... They're just like, just little misguided children. No, what did he say? They are like wolves in sheep's clothing. There are some that are literally out there to mislead people. And then there are others that, regardless of what their intention was, are still doing the same thing. So you and I need to make sure we're careful who and how we build. The sad reality is that Many people claiming to be leading people closer to God, in fact, are not. And that sounds harsh. But if Jesus said it, I can't really go against it, can I? Can you? Jesus said that there are many out there. Much of the New Testament is written about warning against false teaching. Most of the New Testament, if, if you include the Gospels, which are technically under the Old Covenant up until Jesus dies and you know, is resurrected. But most of it is under the Old Testament there. But Jesus talks about it. And then in the New Testament, the letters especially is warning people, make sure you watch out for false teachings. And it's combating false teachings. And it gets a little scary sometimes because he calls them wolves in sheep's clothing. He says, and check the fruit. Does their life match is what he's saying? Does their life match with what they're saying? Does the teaching fit with the entirety of Scripture? Can I I tell you a really important truth? Bible doesn't argue with Bible. I've had many discussions, and and I've always tried to be civil with people, but, you know, I, I don't usually go picking a fight, but there are times that people will come and pick a fight about the Bible, and We'll sit down and we'll have a discussion. Hopefully, I always try to make it really nice and calm and loving. My intent is to help people get closer to Scripture and make sure that I'm there too. And people say, well, you get your Scriptures. I've had this said multiple times. You get your Scriptures and I'll get mine. And I'm like, all Scripture is God-breathed. We just talked about that a few weeks ago. All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness. Scripture doesn't argue with Scripture. It doesn't. It might take some study and some reading and taking a look at the big picture to harmonize it and understand how it all fits together. But Scripture doesn't argue with Scripture. So if somebody tells you, well, I've got these Scriptures and they counteract your Scriptures, you need to run. Get behind me, Satan. 
I mean, you know, you need to run because we don't argue. Scripture doesn't argue. We need to, if, if something looks like it argues, you need to say, okay, I need to back up and I need to look and I need to look at more Scripture. And, and maybe if I've got two Scriptures that seem conflicting, I'll find a third or a fourth or a fifth and I'll say, How, what do they say? How do they speak? And I can promise you that the picture comes together. And we can learn and understand. So know what you are building on and who you're building with. And Jesus, as he was teaching, he would say difficult things. He would look and he'd see a great crowd. After he fed the 5,000, you know, he looked around and all these people were there. They had enjoyed a meal. And he said, you know, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot be my disciple. He just drops that in the punch bowl. You know, and people are like, hey, okay, see you later. Eating flesh and drinking blood? Jesus only wanted people who were sincerely seeking after him. Why? That sounds, that sounds counterintuitive. Wouldn't he just want everybody to come and everybody gets to go along for the ride? Here's why I think it is. It's because, what did the song say? The rains came down and the floods came up. He knows and he knew that the storms were going to come. And he knew that the rains were going to fall and the streams were going to rise. And he knew that if they were not really built on him as a foundation, if they were just loosely following, that their house was going to go splat. And he did not want, what does the scripture say? Anyone to perish. And so if people were going to follow him, he said, I want you to follow me, not a food truck. (laughs) Sorry, I could help. I mean, I'm eating there too, buddy. Don't worry about that. Jesus and food trucks. But he's saying, I don't want people to just want a meal. I want people to have life in me, the bread of life. He says, I want you to follow me completely and fully and sincerely. Because he says, if you don't really seek, you will not truly find And if we're not really seeking, if we're looking for treasure and we're not really looking for it, we'll settle for fool's gold, won't we? We'll settle for something that is just a little bit shiny and we'll miss the real treasure. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says this, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart is what God says in the Old Testament. You'll seek me when you seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with your entire heart. Dig in and look for him because these storms are going to be difficult. He's not going to force you to seek after him. He wants you to lovingly follow after him because he's got life. And so what do you do next? If you want to be built different, you have to keep checking your building. You have to keep checking your building. And you may be thinking, because the thought comes to my mind, so I'll say it out loud. Why is it so serious? Why is it so difficult? Verse 21, Jesus goes on. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Jesus is making this, I mean, has he been ambiguous in chapter 7? He's saying a lot of people are going to follow false teachers. They're out there. They're looking to destroy you. Make sure that you're building on the rock. And then as we backed up and read this part, he says, many will say to me on that day, and he's talking about the day of judgment. They'll say, Lord, Lord, they'll call him Lord. And they'll say, look, look at what we did. We performed miracles. We drove out demons, crazier stuff than I've ever done. But he's going to say to many of them, depart from me, I never knew you. 
But what do we want to hear? We want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. And so Jesus says it's of utter importance that you make sure that you're building on the rock. That's why it's so serious. Eternity hangs in the balance. He says, because only those who do God's will. And if you'll bear with me, I'll say a paraphrase of that would be obey the gospel. Get to enter the narrow gate. There are many who call Jesus Lord, but don't live like it. If he's your Lord, then do what he says. Trust him. That can mean people who live double lives. They preach Jesus, but are living in willful sin. They may hear, depart from me. I never knew you. But in this context, if you look at chapter 7, I think we also have to consider another thing is that people who are unwilling to listen to God's word and listen instead to what other people say about God's word, they are in danger of hearing, depart from me, I never knew you. If you're not willing to listen to the one who died and bled for the word to be spoken and written, then you may need to make sure that you're listening to him and him alone, not what other people say. And I would tell you, if you're struggling between listening to God or listening to public opinion or listening to tradition or whatever you've been taught, if you're trying to decide, go with God. Go with God and listen to what he has to say. And I've met a lot of people who have, have struggled with this on, on different issues. And they'll say, well, if I accept this biblical teaching, what does that mean about everybody else? that I know and care about that doesn't believe that. What does that mean? Well, think about it this way with me. Imagine that you're hanging from a cliff. You've just got a finger hold on the edge of that cliff and your friend that is in the same boat with you has got the same issue. They're hanging on. Right? What's going to be easier to rescue your friend? To try to hold with one hand and try to pull and push and, and nudge them up beside you or to climb your way to freedom and then pull them up from that higher level? So if you're struggling with a biblical truth that you, is different than what you've been taught, that you know your, your grandma or your aunts and your uncles and your preacher and, and everybody else, if it looks like everybody else agrees, but it's different from what the Bible says, go with God, get to that level of understanding, obey that truth, and then pull people up to that next level. You'll never be beside them and get them up to where they need to be. You'll fall too. And don't risk your eternal soul because Jesus said that many will enter through the gates that lead to destruction, but only few will find it. So make sure you get on the narrow path. So as we sort of draw this thing towards the end here, how do you make sure you're built different? Well, I believe if you back up to the very beginning of the first part of this chapter, Matthew chapter 7, I believe this is where Jesus kind of sets the foundation, pun intended, he says in Matthew 7, verse 7, he says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. And a lot of people say, well, that's simply talking about prayer. And I believe it is talking about prayer. But I believe it's also talking about so much more than just praying for our wants and our desires. I believe it's also in seeking after Jesus. Knock and the door will be opened. Seek after him. Search for him. Do all you can. He, in other parables that Jesus said, sell everything. 
Unless you hate your mother and father, you're not worthy of me. I mean, he goes to extremes. He says, do all you can to seek after me and follow my truth. What Jesus is saying is you've got to seek after me with all of your heart because otherwise you'll build on something that's sand. You'll build on a half foundation with me and something else. Or you'll build, uh, you'll search for treasure and you'll settle for little shiny plated metal stuff rather than gold and diamonds. You won't settle for the real treasure. You'll settle for something less. And so I believe ways that we can practically do this is this, really quick. Prayerfully seek to grow in God's word. Read God's word and ask God to give you wisdom to seek after the truth and only the truth. Seek to know and live the truth. It's not just about hearing, is it? It's what? Doing. Spend time daily digging in God's word. And I'm going to add this, being sharpened with other people. Because if you only read the Bible on your own, you can come away with a lot of credit. That's how a lot of cults get started. (laughs) You don't have anybody to sort of bounce it off of and sharpen. You say, well, okay, well, look at this passage of Scripture. And then it's like, oh, okay, that makes perfect sense. All right, cult followers, y'all can go home. You know, It's like, make sure you dig into God's Word and you do it with other people. Put it into practice. Share it with others. And then continually check the fruit of your life and the lives of people who are around you. Not to be judgmental, but what did Jesus say about all of this? He said it's literally life and death. So let's keep checking the fruit of our lives and the lives of our brothers and sisters around us to help them stay strong and grow in Christ. And I I need to address the elephant in the room. And maybe I'm the only one who thinks like this, but maybe the questions popped up in your mind. What is continually checking your spiritual building, does it create an attitude of living in fear? And maybe you thought that, and there's been times I've thought that. You just don't want people to have confidence in their salvation. I would say this, the more you dig into God's word, the more you live out God's word with brothers and sisters in Christ, and the more you share your faith, the more confident you will be in your faith. So I believe that digging into the truth of God's word more and more and more and living it out, living it out is going to help you be so confident in your faith in Jesus because you're going to continue to show. And the more you talk to people, the more you're going to be challenged. You're going to go back and find out the truth and the answers and grow and help people grow in Christ. And I believe if you do that, when you find an error in your thinking, you repent. And God's going to turn you around. He's going to heal you and he's going to make you stronger from it. But if you just simply take somebody else's word for it, or you even just take my word for it, or some other preacher's word for it, I think you're less likely to repent if you're not digging in and spending time in God's word. Because the sad fact is that you won't even think that you need repentance. You won't even think you need it. You think I'm good enough. And with that kind of prideful spirit, that's a terrifying way to stand before Jesus on Judgment Day. We need to know when we stand before Jesus on Judgment Day that it's only because of the grace of God that we're there. And then it says that every knee still will bow and every tongue will confess, but we can have confidence in knowing that we are covered by the blood of Jesus. So what foundation are you building on? The Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, he says, For through him, that is Jesus, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens 
fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So when you build your life with Jesus being the cornerstone that shapes the foundation and the, the teachings of God's word, the apostles and the prophets are the foundation of your life, your life can grow up and you you become a part of the church of Jesus that the gates of hell cannot destroy or overcome it. And you can have the Spirit of God in you along with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And you can be ready to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. When I was a kid, I grew up hearing a, a hymn that some of you may have heard before. And I wasn't always paying attention to the lyrics and the depth of what they were saying. And, you know, sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, but, you know, when you're learning your ABCs, you know, anybody else say Elementopy? And y'all thought that was like one long letter, Elemento, you know? You know, some of the hymns kind of blended like that to me. And so I never really understood the real depth of what this song said, but it was a song, an old hymn called The Solid Rock. On Christ the solid rock I stand. And it never really meant a whole lot to me until I was at a, a, an alumni rally for my Bible college. It was Roanoke Bible College at the time, now Mid-Atlantic Christian University. And I happened just by God's will, I think, to be sitting beside a man named Doug. Doug had attended Bible college many years before me and he was, uh, had cerebral palsy. And so he had a brilliant mind, but he was not able to communicate very well. He couldn't walk very well. His body, in a lot of ways, betrayed him. And we were standing there, and the whole congregation of people were singing this song. And for the very first time, I heard Doug struggle to get the words out, but singing with all his might. He said, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. It goes on, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And then the last verse says, when he shall come with trumpet sound, oh may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. And as I... 20 years later, it still gets me right here because all of a sudden the light came on and I heard Doug struggling to get the words out. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, the sweetest body of anything because his body had betrayed him. And he said, so he could say without a shadow of a doubt, I don't care about my body, I just want to be in Jesus. And any time he walked, he had to make sure that he chose his footing carefully because every bit of ground he stepped on was shaky ground. And so he could say with just clarity and full faith and full open eyes, Dear God, I only want to stand on Jesus, the solid rock. You see, I had just enough good things going that I thought I'm pretty good without Jesus. But Doug understood that he needed Jesus intimately. And praise be to God, at that moment I began to see that I needed Jesus maybe even more than Doug. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. 
You don't have to build your life like everyone else. You can be a part of Jesus' church that is built different. When the rains come down, the streams rise, and the winds blow, a life built on Christ will stand. If you need today to give your life to Jesus, we'd love to talk with you about that. I'll be right off to the side. You can come and talk, or we can talk after. But if you need Jesus today, don't wait another moment because it's literally life and death. Maybe you've already given your life to Jesus, but you've been building on different foundations and you're like me. You think I'm pretty good without Jesus. Today, it's time for us as the church to stand only on solid ground and wait that we may be found dressed in the righteousness of Christ alone. So if you need to be covered in his righteousness today, we'll take you, we'll share the gospel with you, we'll baptize you into Jesus and you can be clothed in his righteousness. Let's stand, let's sing. Thank you for listening to Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Want to learn more about us? You can do that by visiting our website at movementchristianchurch.com or on our app available on iOS and Android devices under Movement NC.